Yeah, sure. All right. Let's do it then. Ready as we're going to be. Really? I mean, we, we could have said that like on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that Jeff is the one that said ready, yet he doesn't have the video queued up. Video queued? Welcome to Everyone Racers, a show designed for the world of low dollar racing. Oh, this guy is culture. so bad. I was wondering why we'd. Lemon Champ or Lucky Track Dog this. League, you run, SECA or NASA, we don't discriminate. As long as you drive it hard and built it yourself. Join us each week for tech discussions, tips and tricks, as well as news and notes from the world of amateur endurance racing. And whether it's on the spot, hella sweet, or lucky enough, and Chrissy gives us just the tip. We're sure you'll giggle a little and learn even less. Everyone worth the paddock. This is Chris. This is Chrissy. This is Jeff. And I'm Mental. And we are Everyone Racers, and I mix it up. I just pick a random one. Welcome to a Conus Egg Algira RS episode, Algira or Algira episode of our podcast, because the 6.6 million Conus Egg. No excuses. You typed it that way. You typed it that way. did not. I did. Oh, damn. It has a 278 mile per hour top speed. And of course, this is episode 278. So if you aren't driving a Scandinavian supercar, then embrace the E1R bingo card that the link is in the show notes. Tag us if you get bingo. How's everyone doing tonight? What are we working on? Just ducky. Just ducky. Metal, what you working on? Uh, actually, not much. That. But uh, uh, this past weekend, I helped uh, Dwayne Wick pull the engine out of his uh, Porsche that was tagged on our social medias. That's really about it. Cool. What kind of Porsche was it? His, it's 911. He's got a uh, 71 911. Uh, it's not quite. It's, it's actually nothing like an outlaw. It's very meticulously done. We, and we had Dwayne. We, you and I had Dwayne on the yeah, show yeah, when yeah. Chris and Chrissy couldn't make it. Uh, and I know he has some sort of shop, so I didn't know if he was doing custom, somebody else's car or if it was his. No, well, and it's not a professional shop. This is his personal shop. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, but he, he it's a it's he's got a very nice a a street track aesthetic on that car. It was selected for uh, Luthgelt, but you know, literally the the comedy uh you can find all that on the uh dur or die podcast how he didn't actually make it into the show anyway helped to pull the engine out he just needed a second set of hands in there air cooled or water cooled oh well 71 71 so oh okay on, i missed 71 yeah so it's not like four bolts it takes about yeah, 20 basically. minutes um yeah and then just making sure that like you know all the different cables and wires are disconnected and then just you know slowly uh, and it once we got it all rolling yeah it took about 20 minutes and it, it was four main size bolts and he's done the homsa thing where any sort of weird or stupid fastener he's replaced it with something much more normal and common and accessible uh but you're just getting it under the car he had a set of quick jacks and then you're having to lower and slide lower and slide to get it out from underneath the car without digging anything because he's got all the tens painted it's it's a good looking engine it's a good looking car so basically it's a six-cylinder beetle just pop that sucker right out Never say that. To, never speak to us again. <laughs> Six-cylinder beetle. Ah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Anyway, Chris, what you working on? Nothing. Or or TIG welding. TIG is a lot slower than MIG, especially when you're not especially good at it. But uh, 
fuel cart's coming along. The actual frame of the fuel cart is all done. I'm just now adding the wheels and um, including the framework. Well, I see the framework for the front wheel. It's a tricycle gear setup. So, but uh, everything else is done. It's not perfect. It's not perfectly square. It's not perfectly level, but I'm learning how to tag weld and it'll be great at hauling our fuel kinds around. Nice. Yeah. We had, uh, uh, multiple offers to help you electrify that thing. And I think it was some of our listeners got confused between this one and the beach cart. Yeah, the beach cart's going to be electrified. And I already am pretty well set up on a kit for doing that because I'm trying to take the easy button on that because it's not about figuring that out. It's about learning how to weld aluminum. So, yeah. But I've but, officially but gone through a me. tank of argon. So I'm going to get another one of those. And just get uh, the big one. Well, buying the big tank's a lot more money than the yeah. small tank for how often I'm really going to use this thing. Like right now I'm doing it. Just using it right day. now. Right. After right. this, it's not going to be all that often. Uh, um, professional vagabond and slightly not very tall sort of homeless person, giant Dave, uh, chimed in and said he was definitely interested in come helping you electrify because, you know, he's like lives off the grid and that's oh, yeah. a green truck of his. So He also has a condo. Sure. Is he ever there? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, Jeff. Do you have any big extra tanks from all your old man garages you cleaned out? Uh, no. Oh, there's a place. My grandfather turned in his oxyacetylene tanks. Okay, just checking. So, I mean, I have one, my one argon tank, which is slightly larger. Yeah. I love. Just, just checking because with all the crap that you complain about taking from old men's garages, you know, yeah, that's the kind of thing you might have taken. I, I do so. have a little oxyacetylene set up with no torches. I have the bottles, but no torches. Okay. Why? You will never ox oxygen because exactly anything. what he says. I was cleaning out somebody's garage, and it was like these understand not 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 trucks. asking how you got it, asking why do you still have it. Hey, have you seen his house? You yeah, haven't really. seen his house, especially lately. Uh, that's why, because Jeff. Yes. I might need but it someday. I might be cutting up a car. And you will guys. never use an oxygen. You didn't cut the last car car. up. You're not going to cut this one. Up. Yeah, if, guys. if you do, you're going to use a sawzall. It's true. You're not wrong. 100%. Yep. Okay, hey, Chrissy, well, what you working on? A while Chris has been in the garage because I have nothing to do with TIG welding and I can't stand next to it or I got sunburn. I have been cleaning out my closets. So I have been on a kick of I have too much stuff in closets, uh, some of which is uh, our are is our uh nice clothes that i can't wear at my current job so rather than getting rid of him i just moved him into another closet but the other closet has all kinds of stuff that i'm not wearing so we went kind of on a rampage or i went on a rampage and chris followed me around and made piles of trash and goodwill and costumes that don't belong upstairs that belong in the box downstairs and just all over the place so yeah i um yeah when you you can clean out your closets, but then it's even go deeper. Clean out the closets that have those save the suits and dresses for later closets. Yes, that's what I did. I'm Vicky singing the Eminem song in my head. I'm just Vicky did that a couple of years ago. She cleaned out uh like you know the 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 business attire. Uh and it was um there was a local charity you know that's trying to help uh yeah, we gotta find one of those imp impoverished people that are trying to make like the transition although or, 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 or like basically they don't they don't have interview clothes sure and, yes and donating that stuff gives them interview clothes the funny is the I, I laugh only because chris got rid of you know a couple suit jackets that his father or his not stepfather ish whatever he is um 
war, one of them being a double-breasted one button jacket. Should have so, seen for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean Wow. <laughs> how big were the elbow how big were the elbow pads? They yeah. they, they weren't there's no there was no elbow pads. Um shoulder but pads. anyway. Well, I'm sorry, shoulder. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah one, shoulder one button double breasted. I immediately start thinking, this is not my beautiful house. <laughs> I was gonna go there too. Uh, someday you're gonna need that for a lemon's costume. And you can someday like, hey, I could go. Well, you know, you will spend keep, I'll go to Goodwill, Goodwill and spend $20 again, yeah. get it back. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, so we found a bunch of things. You're just like, oh, I, you know, that suit jacket and that suit jacket. Oh, don't I have one that just looks just like that over there? Yeah, that's what the game we played. Anyway, moving on. That was not car related, but that's what I did. I encourage you to do the same. Jeff, what are you doing? Uh, well, you remember I nearly shocked myself and set a fire on my bench <laughs> with my bench grinder. Uh, so I, I had to dig out the bench and replace the wire on the grinder. So I did that. And then uh, it got cold. So I cleaned the garage enough that I can get the um, the the engine hoist into the garage so that I can like mate the motor and transmission combo uh, actually in the garage, no matter what the weather is. Um, but then I ran out of time, so I didn't do anything else. I did hang a TV on a wall, so some painting. Wow, on, but that's great. That's like, that's like at midnight, I'm doing that while everybody's trying to sleep. I'm like painting and sanding and things, so. Yeah, no, so no, a, a, a big hole in my garage. You were just making fun of my garage. I now have a like a big space that I can almost work in. That you can fill with something quickly. Well, I'm going <laughs> Hurry to because I'm going to bring <laughs> yeah. the engine hoist in, and then I won't have enough room. I, you, I won't even be able to walk in the door once I put get the engine on the hoist. So, so like you said, Chris, he just he, he cleared out a spot and he's going to fill it with crap. He created a vacuum. In the yard, Nature abhors, abhors a vacuum. <laughs> Nature in Jeff's garage. <laughs> and, 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 yep. I, and I would like to say that it's like some sort of giant achievement, but it's actually what I do every time this time of year because that's the hole that the snowblower lives in. So mm. instead of bringing, I made the hole and then I said to bring the snowblower and I'm bringing the engine hoist. So there it is. That's what I was Great. doing. Wow. Wonderful. Is it? No, nope, not you, not you, not you. Why? Because Chrissy sounds better. She's got the echo. Oh. It's a night time. It is fun. Mental. Uh, did you get to CES this weekend? I Best did weekend. not. I actually, it's funny because I had some news and notes in here uh, about uh, CES car related stuff. And oh. uh, did I steal your story? I apologize. No, no, I had a much better one, but go oh, ahead with okay. you. Oh, much. Oh, mine was much better than yours, Jeff. Well, if you don't know, the CES is the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas. Each year, it's where the new phone or computer or TV or whatever is hot it comes out in the electronics world. But in the past couple of years, they've held a car race, an autonomous car race. Uh, this is the second one that was held at CES in Vegas at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Um, if you're not aware, the history of autonomous vehicles, DARPA, which was like the Defense Department, began offering prizes and for to help Defense develop Advanced the Research Project exactly. Agency. They've been doing that for over 15 years. And, you know, if you drive a Tesla or any other self-driving car, it's kind of where that technology was born. Well, several years ago, Indianapolis Motor Speedway and Energy Systems Network took over the challenge because uh, DARPA stopped offering it and made a race with open-wheeled 
indie style cars. They're actually made by Delara. Um, this year, nine teams from 17 university raced at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And the winner was Polymove, a group from Politico di Milano, which is like basically the Milan Polytech, uh, and the University of Alabama won the race and set an autonomous speed world record at 180 miles an hour on the oval at Las Vegas Speedway. Um, six of the nine teams made qualifying laps, and then they moved into a one-on-one -on -one passing exercise, kind of like you might do at a at a HPDE, where leader passes the passer, and then they switch places, and then the leader passes, and they just basically kept ratcheting up the speed until one car could not make the pass, and they went head-to-head -head in a bracket style. And yeah, a hundred, they made a pass at two, an autonomous vehicle made a pass on the oval at 180 miles an hour past another autonomous vehicle. Nobody crashed. There were definitely some spins, some teams that got eliminated in some spins. Uh, the videos are all over the internet, but uh, I figured we should go read about it. So I will post two different links. One talks all about the competition and the other one talks about the win and has some video on it. Check it in the show. Wow. Yeah. These are like full size, full power indie cars. I mean, maybe not current generation, but the these are not screw these are not little things. These are not little skippies. These are big. Wow. Okay. Uh do you trust a robot to drive your car after you heard Jeff's story, right? Right, there. right. Sure, why not? I guess so. Well, some of them spun too. Well, how about trusting a robot to get you out of a speeding ticket? Hmm? Uh, Mehul Rubin at you have my attention right tell us yeah, right the <laughs> Mr. Mr. Uh, I get tickets yes yep. go ahead uh, do not pay is a legal services chatbot that was originally built to contest parking tickets but next month the service will be arguing a real case in lower court uh, under an accessibility law loophole the defendant is going to be wearing a pair of airpods they will be told everything that needs to be said and they just need to repeat what they hear the founder of the 2015 company is doubling down because programs or AI bots can't argue a case really any in the world because of legal technicalities. Do not pay is offering $1 million for a lawyer to act as a proxy and argue a case in front of the U S Supreme court right now. Do not pay's program costs just $36 a year could offer a very friendly out of pocket option. Sign for those Jeff who don't up. want to put up fight or who um, are you know, the last in their class at law school. Um, really more than just prompting for the speeding ticket case, the program performs data crunching in precedent cases to prepare the individual's defense and even uh, can respond to questions raised in court. So knowing how highly unusual it is, do not pay is ready to take on the burden of punishment if the AI's device doesn't help and will pay the speeding ticket. Yeah, okay. but are they going to pay the like the uh, your contempt of court goes sleep in the jail for like a weekend? Why would you have contempt of court? If you're you're cooperating, the accessibility line that's a, that is a very lawyerly loophole. That is it is. So. It, yeah, I was I was actually I, I got tricked uh, turned on to this listening to a podcast on the way to work, and that was the, the funny thing is the lawyers had to find a way to make it legal to wear AirPods in court, and that was their guideline. Is it, it's you don't actually have to be handicapped. It's it's accessibility on that one. Wasn't there yeah. like a Shakespeare play with a guy with a big nose? It wasn't yeah, Shakespeare, but it says. There was, but yeah, Cerdo. Yes, yeah. I know, I know what it is. I know what. 
I was making a joke. What? No, no, because jokes are funny. So confused. Uh, Okay. Okay. Go ahead. I'm trying. You guys are joking. Okay. All of the racing organizations have released the majority of their calendars for next year. And that includes a show favorite uh, series, Grid Life. Cameron Nouveau at Haggerty gives us a little bit more insight. For 2023, their 12 race calendar will be broken down to two six date sub sub schedules the grid life festival tour and the grid life club weekends i kind of wish i knew this before i went to one from the nine-year-old race series the festival tour will be will feature an elevated fan and spectator experience along with grid life touring cup points races and will feature a live broadcast the grid life club weekends are designed for a more uh, feel uh, that feel more like a typical club racing event events with an emphasis on track time, paddock experience for drivers. Highlights for festival weekends include that include car shows, a concert, drifting, and concourse that will include Watkins Glen, Mid-Ohio, the return of Lime Rock, and new this year, Laguna Seca. Time attack, track day, endurance, focus club, weekends, and JMP, Streets of Willow. I did not know that they blo- broke these things up. I expected a party the, when this I- This is the first year. Oh, well, now last year they had them, but they didn't label them as well. And yeah, correct. Correct. Your experience is what led to. Correct. Oh, that's they, good. They decided to define it instead of just going, uh, we don't have a party for this one. Right. Because I walked around and I was like this, the the whole garage it's, that is normally full of parties at Lemons, completely not one single person in the garage. And I was like. Is, this is not a party weekend. I, I suppose. feel like I was misinformed here. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, then, the, then the four of us, Fishers and and Chris and I, sat in in front of the Mazda in the dark. Yep, talked yep. for a while, got eaten by bugs, went to bed. That's how our race weekend went. So excited to see that. The- well, and then Mental's like, oh, I went to Grid Life. I saw Ludacris. We had a party, you know, like right. So yeah. we, I, we just didn't realize they were broken up. So I think this is a fine way to do it. Ex- ex- this is setting expectations appropriately. So happy to hear this. Love it. Um, Sorry, I'm leaning over. Uh, we obviously are going to be talking about toe pigs a minute. And if we're talking obviously, about obviously nobody knew that yet knows that we know that I'm sorry don't know that. I put my obviously in the wrong spot we're going to be talking about shopping for toe pigs in a minute which means obviously okay we're going to talk about racing <laughs> junk and when we yeah there I'll, we go. I'll share oh there you go all right now for a mere fourteen thousand dollars you can have this beautiful Chevy Kodiak I found it. it. It it really is probably the ultimate what lemons wow. conversation piece. And this is where I'm going as soon as my cursor catches up because I'm trying to get the big picture. Come on, why are you fighting me on this one? Because your computer is as old as that Chevy Kodiak. That's exactly uh, what I was I going to like say. I feel like that's an accurate state. All right, there we go. Is that that feels like that's better. Good. It's okay. a little better. Okay, okay. All right. So uh, a certain people of a certain age, like well, basically. Me and Jeff, we remember the Joey Chitwood stunt show. It has been traveling around the country for over 50 years, jumping and crashing various GM products in the late (laughs) seventies, early eighties. There was even a toy set with a Chevette that, you know, goes through a tube. Their signature piece was jumping through this giant pyrotechnic tube. I even found a picture of a Camaro doing it later in there. And you can own a piece of that history. And that is where this Chevy Kodiak comes in is Doug Danger and Joey Chitwood's Chevy Thunder Kodiak Toter Home, 
1990 Kodiak chassis, 250 horsepower turbo Caterpillar diesel, 10 speed with air brakes. It will cruise a 70, which is a thing with some of the top kick and Kodiaks as they get limited. It's got the um, custom Silverado cab. Of course, it's got a CB, good buddy. It's got an electric brake controller inside. Better have it's got a, a CB. queen bed. It's got a double sink. It's got an oven, a shower, stovetop, refrigerator. And, and for the, for the audio ceiling. listeners, please describe this interior. America. This is, <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is um, evil, red, evil, yeah, pukes, America. Yeah, yeah I like diamond that. Diamond tuck uh, vinyl. Upholstery. For yeah. the, uh, yeah, for the dinette set. Um a lot of American curtains. Flags. Oh my blue gosh. Walls, a lot of blue stars on white walls. Yeah. yeah. Pine ceiling. Wow. Actually, pine. Nice. Oh, the ceiling's yeah. pretty. And, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's a lot, is what it is. This is yeah. a lot. It is, but it comes with uh, you know, it's got a portable toilet, it comes with your dishes, your pots, your silverware, it's got updated cushions, and quote in all caps in the ad, it is ready to go. It is registered as a motorhome, which in certain states does not require a commercial driver's license. So you don't need a medical or anything like that. It is in Florida and it's only got 120,000 miles. And, and it's a fifth wheel. So if you have a fifth wheel trailer. Mm -hmm. Or if you want to go crazy and do one of those big semi things, it's it's got that kind of setup on it too. But I wouldn't because you've got like no turning radius on it. So yeah, you get just like one of those giant fifth wheel style trailers on there. Huh. So why did we recommend that? Well, because it's on racing junk and it's always free to browse and think about like how much cool dumb stuff you could do with that thing at a lemons paddock, always free to post ads, racingjunk.com, the official classifieds of the everyone racers podcast. Yeah. You know, I know we're making fun of the decor there, but it's actually not bad of a price. It's I mean, here's the thing is yes, it's terrible decor. If like you were living in it, but it's not even that terrible. It's just hilarious. It's hilarious for a period piece. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and clean. It's, a it's not. It's right. not chewed up. It's not nasty. It's in good shape. It's oh, just, it would tow the f out of whatever you needed to tow. Too. Wait, look at the. <laughs> and everyone the green, would come hanging out in there. The green camper that was on uh, Bring a Trailer couple weeks oh, ago yeah. the, the camelot oh, yeah. chalet yeah the same way that's a period piece but this will tow much better than the the ford 391 gas one and the camelot chalet it doesn't come with snowmobiles this one but you know still same kind of Dude. vibe of, of, oh, absolutely. It's, of, its, of its period and everyone in the lemons paddock would be like this is the coolest thing ever yeah it would be just it's a showpiece is also what it is mm -hmm. the showpiece you can actually tow it a listener feedback time uh, on the YouTube's Slowbolt, yeah, the the the, right. the Cobalt Racing Team. They, oh, got, got it. Slowbolt said, "Great video." This is in response to our um, uh, uh like how Last to week. get started in driving one, uh, or things I wish I could have told my younger self. Great video, guys. Wish I would have told my younger self to get out on the track sooner. I regret spending so many years working on other people's cars where yeah. I learned a lot, but I miss out on a lot of the fun of driving. He said he doesn't regret spending those I mean, years. It says I don't regret spending many yeah. years. Sorry. Big change. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. I don't regret spending many years working on other people's cars where I learned a lot, but missed yeah. out on the fun of driving. Should have done both. Yeah. We didn't talk about that. 
Um, on the gram, Mental went Sassmaster 3000. One post about the Chinese New Year of the rabbi elicited all of the Monty Python quotes you would expect out of our diverse and educated listeners. And the other, the other post was a screen still from the 1974 Sean Connery sci-fi classic Zardoz, a film that Chrissy has never seen. It also indicates that the great and varied experiences of our exceptionally good-looking listeners like oh sorry tim berman said that looks like engine swap attire why didn't well, you say if it, you were on <laughs> sorry i mean you're up to there i don't if know. you were on sorry for party racing perfectly normal engine swap attire Go ahead, Greg. actually Maybe probably like much. that's it's no, yeah i was trying to do the quote that i didn't remember that i was told that i was supposed <laughs> no, to do that's, that's later chrissy it's down at the bottom <laughs> Right. We, we we don't plan our jokes like that. People. <laughs> no, Brian no, Davidson no, no, no. <laughs> and Life Beyond the Woods said, "What do you mean? Start dressing like that." At fifty five, ask what's Vicente Fernandez doing there? And I, I if, for those of you who don't know, apparently there's a guy named Vicente Fernandez who's a mariachi player. He looks strikingly like nineteen seventy four Sean Connery. Oh my so, gosh, he does. Right. Yep. Oh my! If you're not watching on YouTube, we are looking oh, at the these. Wikipedia. You guys are so deep. Goodness gracious! Chris <laughs> M said, "I mean, Halloween costume picked out already." Yeah, um, Fiasco Rally wanted to know if it was Jeff or Mental. Why can't it be both? Definitely Mental. I mean, I would wear it. I just wouldn't look like that. Hold on, can I stop you right for one second? I'm going to admit something funny. I looked at this team name or this screen name. And did a scrappy arch food Fuji's because <laughs> um, it does. I don't know. I was going with Fias Rally. <laughs> I was trying to pull it apart in a different way. So I just had to, to just admit that I pulled a scrappy arch Fuji's in my head and I did not tell you. <laughs> I you love go. that that's a verb now. Pulling a scrappy arch. Yes, yes. <laughs> I pulled a Jeff, is what I did. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, 11% racing added. We know you browse the GRM meme thread, which yes. And I encourage everyone listening to do so. That's a, it's again, the opposite of doom scrolling. It'll just make you chuckle all day. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to cough. Hey, mental. Mm -hmm. Zardoz takes place in 2020, 93. Check your memes. 2293. 22. What did I say? 2093. <laughs> Check your meme, fool. Check it's meme wrong. Fool. That's it. Uh, this is, didn't go very this, well. This is all from <laughs> the please stop this, hot linking hot linking pics thread. No, there's yeah. a there's a there's a meme one too. Oh, separately okay. from the pic, hot linking pics. Hot thread. linking pics thread has been going on for like 15 years, hasn't it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. All because one guy said, "Hey guys, stop hot licking pics. That's not cool." Because he uses someone's bandwidth, and everyone's like, "Okay." Ding, oh, ding, hot yeah. link pic. Hot link pic. I haven't. I haven't really hung out in the GRM form in a very long Chris time. Chris is there ninety five percent of the that time. That was my crap. Chris was. Chris was there two days ago trying to buy parts to a Lotus Seven. That uh, good for him. Lotus I, wait, what? <laughs> what? It was local. It was local. What just happened I'm here? So excited to hear this. Oh my gosh! It's it's not, it's not many topic time. Because no. you know what? Because know whose jokes never really go as poorly as the set we just had. <laughs> you know who saw Zardoz when it came out in the theaters? <laughs> I don't think she I'm not, did. I'm not touching that. Not, oh, oh, 
Uh, Chrissy's mom. Hi, Chrissy's oh, mom. Hi, mom. Okay. Now it's Sweet Tabo time. Uh, yep. Now it's Sweet Tabo time, yes. Um, yeah, there you go. Just, All right. just to show how old I am and when was I was last really hot on GRM's forums, I was also hot on DSM forums at the same time. So that's how old that is. Shows your age. <laughs> May topic time! Toe pigs! Pick one out. Who's going to start up? Metal's idea. So, right. Yeah. We've talked about trailer loading. We've talked about trailer upgrades. We've talked about how to tow a trailer, what some of the terms mean. Um, but now that the used car and the new car markets are starting to settle into somewhat normal, um, some of you might be looking to upgrade or even purchase your first tow pig. And if we do this right, which so far we have not, we'll be here to help. So we're going to talk about just some considerations uh, if you're like me, when you go shopping, you're like, what's the cheapest thing that I can get the most from? And particularly with a tow vehicle, that is probably a terrible approach. So we'll mm -hmm. give you a couple of starting points, some terms some things to think about. And uh, if you've got some advice for any of our listeners about purchasing a tow peg or some evaluations or considerations, absolutely get a hold of us down there in the doodly-doo. Get a hold of us on any of our social medias. Let us know. Someday, after Metal's had a couple of beers, ask him to tell you the story about towing home a BMW 6 Series <laughs> with a first-generation Hyundai Santa Fe on a utility trailer with a single axle. That's a good story. From totally Michigan fine. to Oklahoma. Yep. Oh, my safe. God. I didn't, ever, I didn't realize you did it that far. Totally safe. Yeah. Totally All right. Safe. Let's go some basic terms. Okay, You're going to need to know. Gross vehicle weight rating, GVWR. This is the maximum allowable weight of the vehicle when fully loaded, including everything if it's on the tires it counts in this is what it comes down to you drive Including it up, your fat ass in the driver's your, seat the fuel your beer cooler whatever everything in it it counts in the gvwr all right next one gross combined weight rating this is everything on the tow vehicle's tires and on the trailer's tires so it's the combined weight of the whole combination yeah, when it's fully loaded. This is not the tow capacity. This is the whole rig together the capacity. And the trailer, trailer and the cargo gear, and your fat and your ass, ass and your beer cooler. And your fuel. Got yep, it. you name it. Okay. Gross vehicle weight. This is the actual weight of the vehicle at any given time, including all the fluids, passengers, cargo, accessories, varies greatly. Tongue weight. That's how much weight from the trailer is on the hitch of the truck. Whether it's a fifth wheel or a gooseneck or a, a bumper pull, that's how much is on there. Cargo weight capacity is how much cargo the vehicle can carry from completely empty. So it's basically the gross vehicle weight rating less the gross vehicle weight. Like how much does it weigh? How much is it rated for? That's your cargo capacity. We need to know these things. I would like that's to object. Go ahead. Yes. No? I'm, no, me and Jeff for the sake that no one told us to be math. There's only a little math. Truth. <laughs> Small math. Addition, and subtraction. All these, le all you these can do letters it. sound the same. Why didn't they call yeah. them something different? Yeah. Well, they're all out of them are gross. I mean, that's sure, but that's not helpful when I need to know how is it the total weight or is it the not total weight? This isn't even in the notes. I'm just concerned. Well, yeah. and that's a valid point right there because you can get the gross vehicle weight rating on the door but bear in mind it, it it's it's averages that one passenger to 150 
pounds. Um, you can get a more accurate by actually typing in the VIN number of the vehicle. And that will talk about all of the factory accessories that are on there and the rear ends and all that other kind of stuff. And it will actually give you a much better, more accurate, but then consider any accessories that have been added on. For example, a, a rhino lining is going to add weight to your vehicle. Yeah. Or that 50 pound weight distributing hitch. We have to pull it and out of the, every time yes. you're doing that, that thing <laughs> is thing. really heavy, but that yeah. counts on your tongue weight. That counts in your vehicle weighting. All of that matters. It's funny. Um, I never really thought about that counting as part of the tongue weight. Yeah. But it totally is. On the tongue. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right. So let, so what, Chris, you said several times, I'm going to ask you the next part of the question is you kept saying this is not towing weight, tow capacity. So yeah. give us what, what is towing capacity then? Towing capacity is how much you're allowed to tow or the, how much the manufacturer has recommending you tow. Um, and that's based on a whole variety of things. And actually in the last several years, towing capacity has gotten a little more accurate because they have a specific test they have to meet for SAE to get a towing capacity. And uh, from what I understand, a big portion of it involves how it is able to maintain cooling and speed on a certain hill in Arizona Yep. <laughs> in the summertime. Yep. So know that, that some of it may be relating to that, but just, it's amazing how particular equipment changes towing capacity of the same chassis. Like for example, the GMT 800 Suburban towing capacity ranged anywhere from about 7,000 to 12,000 pounds, depending on exactly how it was set up. And that is a massive difference. Yes. I was actually going to talk about this. So if you want me to jump right. in. So, yeah. Well, so Sure. I, you, I, just last thing I'll say before you do is, oh, God. is this isn't just pickup trucks. This is all kinds of things. And we'll talk more about the, the different choices that it can be. Like it could be uh, you know, pickup trucks is what people think of, but SUVs, uh, it's a lot of them are just pickup trucks with a wagon on the back. Like it's what our Escalade is and a Suburban has been. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of them are unibodies, but are set up to do this. Like a Corsa Cayenne is rated for 7,700 pounds. Same with the Mercedes GL and GLE. Um, even vans like transits, I think are rated at 7,000 pounds. Mercedes Metris, little van, little two liter diesel, but it's rated for 5,000 pounds. The, the, I was going to say the Metris is the little one, right? We're not even talking yep. about the Sprinter. Yeah. And something like an Expedition, you get a, a two wheel drive Expedition with the EcoBoost, 9,300 pounds. Like they can tow a lot. Oh. You don't just have to have a pickup truck, even though everyone in the world, you know, in America, not in the world, in the world, they'll tow a car with a geo metro practically but here everyone needs an f-350 to tow their 13 foot boston whaler so yeah or a pair of jet skis oh i need yeah. 3500 right a um, but rvs can be good tow vehicles though too and i know jeff you and mental have both towed significantly with your rvs you guys want to but one of them's a class a one of them's a class c so it's a different kind of experience so you guys want to talk about what it's like to tow with rvs and we'll just touch on that briefly now and move past it because not too many people have those. Right. Jeff, you go first. Sure. Uh, we have a class A. It is a Ford uh, with a V10, the old V10. It's a slightly older class A. It's a, I don't even know who makes it. It's it's a Winnebago version. It's a Winnebago, that. like 33 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's a 33 Sightseer. Sightseer, <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so it is a like high floor box and it has a tow rating that I'm not really sure what it is, but I'm really sure I'm slightly over it every time I, I tow. Um, it does not have a brake controller, but it does not need it because it way outweighs what I'm towing. Um, 
But I actually it might have a brake control. I just don't even have a clue where it does. It has that. I don't think it does. No, I don't no, think you... it does have a brake control. No. Um, so anyway, so it is um one of the big things about towing an enclosed trailer. We all have enclosed trailers. I mean Mentos the whatever he's got the current one, but he had an enclosed with the big box. It's a giant. That, that's wind that's not an enclosed trailer. Well, you had the half magic. Yeah, but, but, it's not but the, yeah, it's not even remotely enclosed. Yeah, very that was different. a fully open with a box. And it, yes. yes, and Chris is yeah. the arrow is yeah. so different on yeah. on so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, well, and that's really what I'm talking about is the arrow load. When you're towing with an RV, you don't really have that arrow load. Well, you have it on the windshield instead of on the trailer. So it definitely tows different. Um, you never really worry, need to worry about width because the RV is just as wide as the giant box trailer. Um, the only really issues we have is it is a ginormous land train and you need to... You need to be really careful because it 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 takes up a lot of space, and a lot of these racetracks are on really windy small roads out in the middle of the country, and it's the you know it's that last five percent of the trip that sometimes can get a little scary. Or construction zones in New York. Oh man, we. <laughs> Okay, can I tell you a dirty little secret? And shifting, I know you shifting guys know any time that they've got shifting lanes. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. You guys know this, but so when we tow back from New England on Saturday or on Thursday driving to the racetrack, I avoid New York City like the plague. Midnight on Sunday, you can find me on the GWB. Doesn't bother me. Literally everyone who does not live in the Northeast has no idea what the GWB is. the George Washington Bridge. I drive straight through Manhattan. I drive the RV. That's a smart choice because going home, there's no toll. So that and the toll on the GWB is way more expensive than oh, the northern bridges. I, I so. think I, I think that my college loan is about the size of what it would cost. <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah. Oh, especially to take a trailer and a, and yeah, an, an, RV, RV an RV with a two axle. Oh, it'd be yeah. seventy bucks maybe. Yeah, I, yeah maybe, easy. Maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a two axle. There, there. It's dually in the rear, but two axle. Um, and like I said. I have no idea what the rating is. I, I just bet, looked it up, Jeff. It's it's five thousand pounds. I I was gonna say I would bet it's five thousand, and I'm probably a, a seventy five to eight, probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's Never had any trouble. Totally legit. Let's talk about your experience because your RV is definitely more normal. So it, mine's a class C, which is it's effectively it's a U-Haul box truck with a camper put on the back of it. Now I've got the wheelbase and I've never had to worry about that. But one of the things with a class C is I am I was rated for 7,600 pounds, but that is total. And I am 100% certain that I have exceeded it probably any time I put a car on a trailer on the back of that, just because with the janky half magic trailer made of depleted uranium the weight of the car and then any gear carrying to and from in the back of there very quickly started exceeding that um fill the, that the, up the, yeah now you know luckily i never have to you know cross any scales or anything like that because that none of that from a legal standpoint doesn't matter but in living in the south unless i was headed up to new jersey it was usually towing across something flat but you knew it was struggling and you knew it when you had to stop so you don't do that because it, it was just stupid but you don't stop don't ever want for brakes 
I want for some smallness and stability sometimes. Yeah. One thing about class C is that mentally yours is actually particularly good because it's a toter home. It's designed to have stuff in the back so that your extra wheelbase matters a lot. Some class C's, they just extend the back so far that the rear axle yeah, ends up being the tail. middle point of the thing. And so you think about the leverage. If your rear axle is almost in the middle of your RV, the leverage on that back is huge. And it's just probably overloading your rear axle. Uh, and with the toter to homes, with the, the toy hauler setup, I have overloaded the back of it because I, I can tell with the responsiveness <laughs> of the front end speed. Yeah, but it would be much worse if you had one of the long extended backs, which oftentimes are not done with strength in mind because most RVs are put together with um, you know, toothpicks and sticks and, and yeah. staples and glue. Yeah, hope, hope let me say dreams. something else about RVs. And my parents have been RVing for a very long time and it, it's actually their RV that we're using. Um, some RVs are really made for the road and some RVs are made to kind of stay close to home. And you need to know which one you have. Uh, will anyone ever tell you which one this is? No. Uh, but the bargain basement RVs um, that, you know, that, that are, are going to fall apart. They're, they're not made as well as some of the other kind. They're made and, for and, people to have four long weekends a year. And Yeah, exactly. Well, and so before this becomes, you know, how to buy an RV, but let's, let's, <laughs> we'll do that another week. But, and, and that's just, that's on RV towing, but let's get back to the central thing. So we're looking at what are your considerations? If you're looking for a new tow vehicle, you're, you're, or you're looking to upgrade your tow vehicle. Yeah. Let, let me jump in back here. Cause I wanted to talk about tow ratings and uh, Chris, Chris hit it right on the head. Um, there is a drastic difference in the, in the, what, which, f-150 or which f-250 or which whatever you're looking at some models even though you're buying the same year and the same model can be drastically different into what they're able to tow um, if you're shopping and i shopped not that long ago i found the towing guides that are produced by trailer life and good sam to be absolutely indispensable um, i just discovered that the trailer life website is no longer publishing these free on the internet. So um, they're still out there everywhere. If you Google the model year and Good Sam or Trailer Life Towing Guide, you'll find it. I'm gonna show what they look like for the YouTube listeners here, YouTube watchers. So this is what they look like. They are giant books, they have ads, they talk about brake controllers, but what you're really looking for down at the bottom is the tow ratings of every single vehicle in all the different configurations for that year. Um, what I'm showing on the screen right now is the 2020 guide. And here, you can look in right I'll just zoom in here. Oh, can you all see that nice and big? Yep. So like I'm in the F-250 area and you can see that the tow ratings are varying greatly. 12, 9, 15, 20,000, 18, 200, 15, 40. These are all F-250s. Um, so, you know, there's a drastic difference between 12,500 and 20,000 pounds. Um, and all of these letters that you see here, F, H, T, F, P, L, P, T, these are all different things that you'll get in your Ford. And you can see there's just... I mean, every single Ford on the planet is here. And when you get to the bottom, you'll see that 
all of these letters mean something, whether it's a fifth wheel, which transmission it has, um, which motor package it has, whether it has the which towing package or the not towing package. So yeah. two wheel drive, four wheel drive, all of this matters. Um, and when Ford on their own you know, publishes a very nice tow guide of all their stuff too. So yeah. some, some manufacturers will give you that's all these specifics as well. This is great yeah. though for everything. For everything. Yeah. And I want to, because you're shopping, you want to cross shop and you're going to want to like go over to the Nissan page and go over to the Toyota page and then go to the Chevy page, or just look up what you're looking at. You're looking at something on the internet and you're like, oh, it says max towing is blah, 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 blah. But max rating is if it is optioned 100% for max towing. So case in point, my 2012 Nissan Titan had a max tow rating of 9,400 pounds. That is the two wheel drive crew cab, big tow package. The four wheel drive crew cab is 9,300. The non big tow could be 7,300 or 7,400, depending on the cab configuration and two wheel drive or four wheel drive. That's a, that's a big difference. 7,300 pounds or 9,300 pounds is, is a tremendous difference in the ability to tow. And that's literally just options apart. Same year, same make, same model, same body style. So that's why I think that trailer life thing is, is indispensable. And uh, since I'm finding that some of them aren't produced anymore, I'll be saving all of them onto my shared drive in case the rest of them disappear. But they're all out there. Okay. Ready to move on? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So one thought that I have to this, there's a lot of letters and, and let's get to the theory. Let's take a step back and figure out what do you need to use it for most? I think you people are like oh, I want a I want a truck. I want the well, biggest one. You want the biggest truck. Do you do you need that? But let's take a thought process of what are you going to be carrying most? Um and and both of the trucks that we've had, we've kind of done the what when are we going to use it? Why and how much are we going to put in it? The thing that I'm getting at is that we usually uh, stuff it full with stuff for the race. So when we bought this new truck, when we bought the Escalade, one of the things that I cared most about was how am I going to fit all of my, we have a body size cooler, a, which is usually full to the brim, very heavy, um, all the boxes of all of the paper products and the food and uh, multiple tables and you know just filling it to the brim. So all of that has to go somewhere. And it was the other options we were looking at is just the Mercedes and you know, there are a couple other options, but all of that couldn't necessarily fit in the truck. Well, I said, well, if it wasn't going to fit in the truck, we have to still put it in the trailer, but all of this still adds up that, that, that those pounds still have to go somewhere. So um, you can get something that everything will fit in the truck, but then I, we couldn't hold anything in the trailer. So that's the kind of um, thought process that we were doing. Also, truck versus SUV. One of the few things we wanted in trucks and or why we wanted some kind of some something with a cab because we'd like to be able to put stuff in it and leave it there and be able to kind of use it as storage sometimes. Um, and so that was helpful to think about how how big and how much we could fit in our truck with some kind of back non-open and not a cab like jeff's topper to his truck 
Absolutely. You also sleep in your truck, which I would yes. never have the ability to do. You, you I mean, could. I guess one person could sleep in the back seat, but oh, you know I was thinking I mean? just slide the bed right. I mean, your truck is always full of crap, so you couldn't really. Um, but if it was empty, you could slide right. Yeah, in. Who has an empty pickup truck at the racetrack? True. Yeah, oh, nobody. I, <laughs> yeah, and not even at the racetrack. Just ever. in general stuff. In it, general. it is a storage unit. So. It is a storage <laughs> unit, but it's a smaller I, storage unit than ours. And I, you are extremely organized with everything you bring to the track, and you guys are basically the linchpin of the team. So you're bringing all of the, 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 the infrastructure that allows a three car team to function and feed each other. But that doesn't mean anyone listening to this, that you have to get an SUV. You may not be the infrastructure person. You might be the, the, you bring everything that's smelly and dirty. So if, or if you're just bringing tools, figure out, but tools are heavy. So you have to figure out like, right. if I'm bringing all the heavy things, then you got to figure out how much, and I'm not towing or I am towing, all of this adds up. So mm -hmm. I think that's where you just need to think about not what do you think is prettier or not everybody thinks that way. I you, Whatever is that you, well, the I, brand I, that I you would argue like, that, you know. Yeah, I think that people do think that way. And the purpose of what we're talking about is you're, you're going to have to break out of that thinking to, to get the proper vehicle to safely haul what you need to haul and to do it in comfort. Uh, if you can't keep your gas cans in your trailer because you've got an open trailer, you might need a truck. Otherwise, you're going to stink up your Escalade or something. Yep. Go yeah, and I'll, I'll say that I chose pickup truck because I wanted a pickup truck. I wanted an open bed where I could throw the 55-gallon drum and take it to the fuel you can't or help. a dirt bike. And then I got that stupid cover on my bed. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, ah, I'll get rid of it. I'll, I'll yeah. swap that out. It's been like four years I've never swapped that thing out. I've never you. taken it off. Yeah. So um, when you're buying used, you know, like really think about how you're going to. I, I love what Chrissy said. Think about how you're going to use the vehicle and get it configured the way that you're going to use it. I never daily drive my tow pick. You two daily drive your tow pick. Yeah, we do so an escalade makes a lot more sense for y'all than it does for me plus i'm a dirty foul human being so completely god mental and i was going to say this later but this is a good time to work this in what is the non-race weekend duty of your tow pick are you going to be hauling your kids to school are you going to be hauling the scout troop down to the the campsite or you're going to be commuting in it by yourself. And it was just one of these considerations when I bought my first real tow vehicle after the incident from Michigan to Oklahoma, I, it was a good deal on a standard cab F-150 and it met all of my towing requirements at the time. And it was an, it was a nice truck and I enjoyed driving it. What I did not account for when I bought it and, and, and it wasn't a big deal, but it was just something I didn't think of. I went from driving a BMW coupe to an F F-150 the cost of my commute doubled. So if you're going to be driving this to and from, how far do you have to drive? How far are you going to, you know, to and from? Are you, or is this going to be your daily? Or is this going to be the, the one that has to drop the kids off at daycare, that kind of thing? Are you the youth group? Are you hauling your family around in this one? These are all considerations as to, do you want a truck? Do you want an SUV? Do you want a minivan? Because there are several minivans that are capable of hauling a car but not much else on an open trailer so work all these things out 
in addition to that's... that we well part of what we brought the f the whatever we had the yukon xl one thing that chris had suggested that we did use it for is adding loading so much we could hold a uh, piece of plywood right yeah. When we yeah. bought it, we were doing a lot of work in the house. So fitting a four by eight sheet in the back with the door closed, really handy to pick up building materials. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, I just okay. need to leave my hatch open. And your and your gate down and I'll just stick it out the over the tailgate. Yeah. Unsafe. Okay, Chris, yeah. we've not let you talk. Ah! Do you have ideas? No, it's fine. Well, you guys have said all the things I was thinking about using. Like we bought the Escalade because we wanted something that, that like we can we can kind of go through some of these things. Well, actually, let's do the stories at the end. Let's keep going with some of this other and then figure out how the stories fit all these things, which is good. Sure. So um, you're going to, you're towing. We're talking about tow vehicles because you're towing a trailer and your trailer makes a massive difference in what kind of tow vehicle you need. Mm, if you're like, like mental said, if you're towing a Miata on a single axle aluminum trailer, you could probably get away with a minivan. Cool. All right. Uh, if you're, t you know, you want a big enclosed trailer and you are absolutely at full size and maybe even heavier duty or at least bigger engine. If you're towing that with that big wind sail behind you, um, just a normal, you know, Civic on an open trailer. All right. Steel trailer. You know, you can get away with the the, the, the lightest duty half tons. No problem. So what is your trailer? What is your likely expected tow weight? And I'm just going to use our situation because I've got specific numbers and we know how to use them. So that's good. <clears throat> our expected tow weight is about 7,000 pounds. Based on the aluminum 20-foot enclosed trailer, uh, the Mazda, which is the heaviest car we're regularly going to be putting into it, the toolbox, the generator, the spare tires, the tire rack, the hub stands, eight cans of fuel, spare parts, including all those brake parts that are heavy, the air conditioner, the battery, Scooty on it. There's a lot of stuff that adds up. So even though the trailer alone empty only weighs like 2,500 pounds because it's aluminum. Realistically, we're probably at seven by the time we're done with all that stuff. And that's not a super heavy car. This is not a, a Crown Vic. It's only a Mazda. So, and uh, I, I'll say that I, you know, the number that I used was also slightly educated because, you know, when I bought the trailer, it said, you know, the sticker rate on it gave the weight. I know what the weight of the cars are because we've measured them. And then I've estimated the extra tires and the tools and things. Um, I have a regular V-nose 20 footer, uh, not aluminum. Yours also has the high roof. Mine does yeah. not. Um, Yours has the nice heavy axles, though, which I wish it does. I had. It has the 7,500 pound axle or two 3,500 pound axles for a 7,000. You have two 5,000. Two 5,000 pound. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's what I meant. Um, so, yeah. So, I think, I, I think I'm probably closer to 7,500 to eight on a given weekend. Mm -hmm. Mental. Go ahead, mental. And not to call out my co host, I have actually done this. Um, if you don't actually know, or you don't have a solid estimate, or even if you think you do coming back or on your way to a week weekend, stop at one of those giant travel America truck stops that have the big cat scales and get these numbers for real it should cost you about 30 to 40 bucks. Um, and, or and if you have corner waiting scales, you can do it. At all. <laughs> I think you might exceed some of them, but yes. Uh, and, and, do this. Um, one of the mistakes I made when I bought the janky magic trailer is I weighed it while it was still attached to the suburban. And I, I had the suburban off the scale 
But as I, I was texting my co-host and I said, Hey, it only weighs this much. And Chris goes, did you leave it attached to the truck? <laughs> yes. And he goes, the truck is bearing part of the weight of that. So make sure there's not like six semis that need these kind of stuff for their next uh, way station. But if you pull up there and there's not a line, pull up, disconnect your trailer. It's an investment more of time than money, but it will actually make all of this math easier when you have real numbers rather than estimated numbers, especially if you are considering basically dropping twice the price of my first house on a pre-owned tow vehicle. You're going to want this number, these numbers to be right. Okay, Chris, you go first. And when you do so, it's a great advice, Mental. They usually have uh, different sections of that, uh, the scales. Put your tongue jack on one set screen of the scales and your axles on the other section of the scales so you get a tongue weight rating while that's, you're doing yeah. great yeah. advice. Oh, that's um, smart. So, so let me say something here just about, because we're talking about shopping and we're talking about purchasing more than we're talking about how to measure and things. Cause we'll probably do that in another show. We talked about how to do tongue weight. Well, we did the, we did show. the, the, how to set up your weight distributing kits exactly. that one show. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to say that you shouldn't shop minimally. Mental and I already discussed slightly overloading our RVs and RVs are giant vehicles with really big, um, really big uh, 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 wheelbase wheelbase yeah. thank you and i've got and we're both and we're both driving v10s yeah in our rvs i would never overload a 1500 or a smaller pickup in, in, for long distances i made fun like we literally joked about it in our rvs but i would buy a truck combination that is more than i expect if i was shopping and the reason I would do that is because, A, you want some wiggle room. Maybe you get a heavier car. Maybe that jerk there off is, is trying there to is sell a, a bathroom counter. There's a bathroom counter tendency to fill the empty space, you know, yeah. to, oh, oh, I've got all this extra towing capacity now. Yeah. I, I mean, sort of, but you don't. It's like Jeff's garage. There's a vacuum. Nature exactly. abhors a vacuum. Nature abhors a vacuum. But what I'll say is that you would rather have more towing capacity than less because just like Chrissy talked about how much you put in your truck, just like Chris mentioned the total capacity, all of those things are really, really important and having more truck than less truck is helpful. Especially if you're not daily driving it, it's just your tow pig. It's just your weekend car. Why not get a little extra? Yeah, if it's just Don't the tow pig, there's almost no harm in doing that. It's when when you have to have a compromise that it's that it's a challenge. Exactly, exactly. And finding the right compromise. So, all right. So we talked about trailer weight. We talked about now tongue weight. We talked about now um, cargo weight. This is cargo in your truck, not just your trailer. So all the things Chrissy mentioned, we're putting in the back, the body size cooler, the three boxes of camping stuff of. Um, Cap stuff, the helmets, the five five gallon jugs of water that we're going to need, you name it, all in the back. How much does that all weigh? <clears throat> because you need to know if the vehicle can safely handle all that weight that you're going to put in it and on the hitch at the same time. So your trailer, it's got the same weight kind of ratings as the truck. It's got an unloaded weight. It's got a gross weighting uh, of it fully loaded, and then you know, actual weight at any time. So you want to make sure you're below your total weight rating. So, uh, which is mostly determined by your axles because the axles on a trailer each have a, a weight rating and it's usually 
3,500 pounds for most smaller trailers that we're kind of talking about, but they do have 5,000 pound ones and they have actually 7,500 pounds. So you can get one, two or three axles. You can get all kinds of stuff, but that's really how it's, if it's a five lug, it's probably on a normal car hauler. It's a 3,500 pound axle. If it's a six lug, it's a 5,000 pound axle. If it's an eight lug, it's a 7,500 pound axle. And they're usually full floaters with the bolts on it and everything. Yeah. Um, that's great. I love that. Um, since you're talking so, about total weight, can I just talk about tires real quick? Please. Tires so, are very important. Yeah, tires are really important. And as soon as I started towing, Chris said, what kind of tires are on there? And I was like, oh, big chunky off-road ones. And he said, uh, you get, you need some load e-load range tires. And I said, what the hell is an e-load tire? And you sent me a couple of links. And I just wanted to say that uh, real quick, what that is, e-load is a 10-ply tire. That's a rating. Um, it typically is 1,520 pounds per tire at 80 PSI. That's kind of the standard. Uh, but they're not they're not all 10-ply anymore, Chris. Is that true? Well, it's a rating. They're, they're usually like four plies. 10-ply was way back in the day when oh, okay. they actually did. We're loading up the plies on the thing. And that's it, how you do it. it. Yeah. But now it's just, it's the same way. We still call it a one-ton truck, even though it has a 4,000-pound payload capacity. It, exactly. It's still okay, a one-ton so, truck. Yeah. So e-load, which is used to be called 10-ply, or some people still call it 10-ply, but it's the rating. It's weight rating. So if you have 1,520 pounds per tire at 80 PSI, um, you can multiply that because we're already talking about how much your rig weighs and what's in it and everything like that. But you need that because that tongue weight is squishing those rear tires really hard. It goes up yes. a lot more than that, Jeff, like a lot. Like for, like, for example, my old Yukon 2500, that was 7,000 pounds just with Chrissy and I in it. Yeah. Let alone, you know, and, and a couple other, like, you know, a trailer hitch and a couple spares. And the gross weight capacity on that was like 15,000. And the payload capacity was like 2,500. Yeah. So this is realistically, that, that truck could hold 10,000 pounds of between it and the things in it. So the, the tires were definitely more than 1,520 pounds each. Oh, that's so the if, you're, so if you're eyeballing those 24-inch low-profile Carolina squat Th tires, this like, is I know, yeah. like I know not yeah, one single like listener of this program is ever thought of in their life would be cool. Yeah. Rolling on 24s. I roll on 24s. You get the Carolina yeah. squat, which makes your already blind uh, vision yeah. even more useless. You can't call anything. Yeah. You're, yeah. Those guys those guys think towing trailers are so cool. They make it look like they're towing an invisible trailer all exactly. the time. Exactly. It's and amazing. I, I'm just saying that if you're towing heavyweight, go get those E-loaded tires. Totally. You're going to need them. Are they going to ride a little worse? Are they going to cost a little more? Yes. 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 Yes, they're, and yes, they're super heavy, but they are available in all those light truck sizes. You're going to be able to get it to fit your F-150 or F-250 or whatever. Um, you know, the, the next load rating, I believe, is H load, and you're not going to find that in normal sizes. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you've, other other ratings you're going to consider is D rating, which is like it's a truck rating, but it's not as heavy as E. And then you've got your normal P rated which comes in regular and XL versions of P passenger rated. Yeah. Yep. But they're the stability. The reason they're so much better for towing is that they, the air is what it does. The air and the solid tires makes them just, they don't move where, cause it's 80 PSI and a really stiff chassis. So like the, I'll use our examples, the Yukon XL 2500 with 265, 70, 17 E rated tires 
and big beefy leaf springs, the back end of that never moved ever, just didn't move. Where the Cadillac on 285, 45, 22 passenger tires, they're dub, 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 yo. they are dub dubs. Uh, they're only 35 PSI is the rating for it for its load. The back end definitely moves a bit more on that. No doubt. That's that's been the trade-off, one of the trade-offs for that versus the old one. I remember and I don't what what tires did you have on the rover, the 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 disco? Those are E-rated BF Goodrich okay. all-terrain TAs. Yes. And those were, yeah, those were sturdy. Yes. And, and, and you had actually also upgraded the brakes. I had, yeah. But the pads, they were a kind of a towing I'm sorry, pad. The towing pad. Uh, but the brakes, the brakes on the Land Rover Discovery are basically the size you get in an F-250. They're enormous. So it, it had plenty of pads, but I wanted something that was going to hold up to the heat because and that was and that was a key thing because you warned me this and still every morning when i had to leave if i had to leave for work before 5 a.m there was a four-way stop uh right down the street from my house that was usually exhausted and i would always forget that you told me those pads need heat in them and i would sail right through that four-way stop with my foot on the brake every time <laughs> oh getting yes. If yep. if I was if I if I was up cognizant like on a normal time, I had my coffee. Oh yeah, I've got to start breaking way back here. And it was just that first stop. Every stop mm -hmm. after that was fine. Once they but they needed heat in them because they were upgraded pads for towing, which is a, a, another consideration I think as we start getting into just some of the additional things. Once you've kind of got the neighborhood of tow pig you're looking for, some other things that you're going to want. Yeah. Brakes are really important, and let's let's talk about brake controllers. You're Go going to be towing a big truck, a big trailer. It's going to need to have its own brakes. Like, sure. There have been times, especially with the old truck where the brake controller, something happened on it. And I had to deal with just the truck brakes and it did it. It wasn't real happy about it, but that's because that truck was kind of overkill for most of the things we were towing on a ch chassis wise. Um, so you need a brake controller. And fortunately, most modern tow vehicles have this built in from the factory, which is wonderful because it can able to use all the nice sensors on them to tell you how much braking it's needed, send the right voltage, and it just works so smoothly. If you don't have that, it, it, basically, if that was an option on anything you're considering, find one with that. It's totally worth <laughs> finding one with that option already built in. I've never so, had that. So much better integrated than anything else. If that was not an option on yours, you, you know, it's at least find one that was pre-wired for a brake controller. And if it's not pre-wired for a brake controller, it's probably not up to towing a car, frankly, mm, unless it's really old. I like that so idea. everything from the, it's, it's made in the last 20 years, mm -hmm. if it's worthy of towing a car, it is pre-wired for this and they can buy a harness. And that's what I've done for the last two trucks I've had. And for other things too, you plug it in and there you go. Now you've got the at all, all the wiring in place to do it. And then you buy a brake controller, which realistically you need to buy a proportional brake controller, not a time-based one. And it needs to be a Takasha Prodigy or a Red Arc. Th those are your choices, basically. What's a Red Arc? We all run Takasha's. So. Yeah, it's an Australian one. I saw Hamza's got one. It's it's it, The box is basically entirely hidden behind the, the dash. And it's just kind of a little knob with some colors and stuff on it that you change and things. And now they even have all kinds of Bluetooth ones. But anyway... Tacons to prodigies and red arcs are the, are the what you want to get. So yeah, break, I, and, but that, yep. I was going to say, I, I did my first tow vehicle, the black magic truck uh, was not pre-wired and it was a 1500 Yukon. Um, mm -hmm. And it was a pain in the ass. 
It was a royal oh, yeah. pain in the ass to wire that thing. The I next my, two trucks my I had Jeep XJ with it way back in the day. So. Yeah, yeah, and, and you had to like you had to like you know splice in the brake lights and the brake switch, oh, yeah. and it's a pain in the ass. The ever since then the Avalanche twenty five hundred and now the Titan were both pre wired. One literally already had a place to plug it in, just needed the pigtail. Yep. And the other one had a place under the hood, so you just had to get it there. Yep. And then brake pads. I mean, this is this is not this is modifying your tow vehicle now. If there's options for bigger brakes, get the bigger brakes. You know, give yourself room to stop. Give yourself overkill. Um, and, and a lot of times when the the tow package, you know, we talked about what options. The tow package usually is more cooling, more brakes, different transmission if possible. Different rear end ratios usually yeah. too. Yes. And I. I'm going to jump in here because that's an excellent segue. Um, one of the regrets we'll talk about with my RV, it's a great RV. The transmission only has four gears. And I, when I'm towing, I spend a lot of time in third gear, very high on the RPM range, which is absolutely killing my fuel economy. So I don't like to tow with my RV. So another decision point, if you can get a towing package with more gears or a more appropriate transmission or a better rear end gear, default to that because you will save money in the long run. Barring that, you can get uh, ECU and transmission retuners to retune your vehicle to tow, which is especially good if you're going to be doing double duty. Uh, it's going to be your daily driver and then you're towing it a few uh, you're, you're telling it and you need to be able to switch back and forth from a fuel management program to a towing program. And I feel like that leads into how often are you actually going to be towing the vehicle? Totally. Yep. I'm sorry. Do you see me? Yeah. I was yes, yes. You're going to tell your story, your Hamsa story. Oh, I just thought, yeah, I mean, I, I guess if you're not towing it very much, this was a question to you guys. I don't know if that was, um, yeah. One of our friends, Hamza, who's been on the show, uh, doesn't tow so often. So he rents a truck and he loves it. And he thinks it's like, he's giddy by, it was very large at Jolie, I think. It was, yes. Yeah. So he just, yeah. Instead of buying it, just rent it. Enterprise be. commercial vehicle rental rents heavy duty pickup trucks, including diesels, dualies, then they expect you to tow with them. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you don't want to have something like this around for all for to go to three races a year, great. Rent yeah, something. Th then don't buy something crappy. That's not going to tow. Well, that you're going to struggle with and then try to buy a crappy trailer. <laughs> Somebody that we know. Um, and Somebody then sitting on the screen. I'm right maybe, here, Chrissy. Damn it. Maybe so. <laughs> uh, maybe just rent a truck. Yeah, which uh, actually I did the last time I had to actually tow a car when I went and picked up the Omega. I rented a, a King Ranch with a built-in brake controller, which was awesome. It was super comfortable. It was very capable. It had an eight-speed trans, oh, ten-speed transmission, and towing a full-size '70s GM product, I still got like 20s miles per gallon. I don't know what 20 is, but my tow vehicle, but uh, yeah, I was going to say the reason I got rid of my avalanche is because the, you know, another brake line blew right before the Pittsburgh track weekend. And I rented the Dodge 35, 2,500, I think, I think it was 2,500 or 3,500. It's a big Dodge diesel. It's a giant Dodge diesel. <laughs> and it was fan freaking tastic. And I said, Hey, you know, what's fun? 
not fearing for my life when I tow across the state. <laughs> and I said, I can no longer, I, I am old enough and care enough about my life that I am not going to endanger it when I tow. And that's why I got rid of that rusty piece of, I love that truck. Uh, I got rid of that it, rusty. It was super trap. rusty though. It was you literally rusty. were the only one who loved yeah. that truck. You, well, oh, it's because no. you bought it from the Northeast. You can't do that. I know. Oh. I know. I know. Well, I, yeah. I have a very rust-free. We shall we talk about what we bought and yes. why? Let's well, get yes. Uh, yes, we and I'm gonna just segue it by saying I took Chrissy's advice to heart. I don't tow anymore. So I rent. Yeah. And you get the daily driver Miata because of it. So hell yeah. Right. Thanks. Now by the time you if you're using only for towing a couple times a year, figure out what it costs you to just insurance parking basic maintenance a year and damn if you're not surprised at how it's actually probably cheaper for you to rent and the best part is you just go give it back and you don't worry about it yeah and that's worth uh, something right I think there was, you know an average a good uh full-size crew cab pickup uh and if you know you get the luxury one uh cost me over a weekend maybe six hundred dollars and if if i do that three times a year i'm still coming out ahead Totally. Totally. Well, all right. So when we bought the Escalade, we were coming out of the Yukon, which was wonderful at towing, no doubt, in that it was chassis was in other forms, like we talked about, was rated to 12,000 pounds. It had the big E range tires on it. I'd kept up with all the maintenance. It, it was fine. I was frustrated by it when I was driving it on a daily basis, whenever I did, because it was just so truck and that's not what I, when I'm and all the times I'm just driving so it, big. it was ponderous. You'd it turn was around always around you'd be like, hello. And well, I, I could still do that bus, in, in the Escalade. I, mean, I wanted it's to be still... a bus driver. I wanted to be like, yeah. can I, I would have got you the hat. Seven, seven of my friends yeah. and then take them somewhere because yeah. truck is so damn big. It was a wonderful tool. And when, when I was daily driving an AMG Mercedes, and only driving the truck when I'm in the snow or when I'm hauling or towing something, cool, works, no problem. That was fine. Um, but when it, I was frustrated by it occasionally going to Pittsburgh, coming up those hills because third gear was too tall and second gear was too short. And you end up working your way up the hills until like, you know, you're going in third with the torque converter lock so you don't overheat the trans. And then, oh, you know, you're going and it's fine. And then like, all right, I just got to go to second. And you you get into second and it's screaming along at 4,000 RPM and it'll do it all day. You're not going to have a conversation. It's just like, yeah. All right, we're so, just going to get so through this we hill. Get, when we get to the top of this hill, we'll keep listening to This American Life, okay? Basically, yeah. <laughs> that is literally our, yep. we're turning it up. And I can't hear yep. That's the same problem with my RV. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and that was the, which, which transmission was in that thing? It was a 4L80, so it was a four-speed, heavy-duty. So the, the transmission was going to last forever. The engine's going to last forever. It did fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It was a preference thing. I just got sick of that. Um, yeah, that's I just really got sick of it. So because it, I needed to drive something, I want something that was good, nice enough to drive every day, and I can afford to do that and to have something a little nicer, and I want something nicer, so I decided to do it. So then we started looking at stuff that can tow all the trailer. I already gave you all the specs and I need something big enough to haul all the stuff that Chrissy was talking about. So we're looking at full-size SUVs. 
I didn't like the Ford ones because it was the uh, up until the 17 redesign, it was a chassis that and everything had dated back to 08. Like it was really old. The interior looked it and felt it. It was terrible. So I didn't want any of those. The 17 and up expeditions and navigators, they were still asking like real money for. So eh, it wasn't really worth it. And I didn't really like the interiors and the Fords continued. The Mercedes GL we looked at too. Um, and the Range Rover, I'll glump close together, looked at a Range Rover long wheelbase supercharged, which I mean, yeah, boy, right? Well, awesome. And that's where you say like, oh, we could just, do we want to have the tr car that we want to drive? We had hard, yeah. hard conversations about oh, this. Yeah. These are like, I would, yeah, I want to drive that. I would love a supercharged Land Rover long wheelbase. Like, right until you had great. to fill it full of gas. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's about the it's same to all these for the most part. But then I'd, the European trucks uh, have very low tongue weight ratings, like 770 pounds is the standard tongue weight rating Ooh. on the European trucks. Yeah. And so looking at the car, saying, all right, well, I already fill the trailer as to, to minimize the tongue weight, but I can put the car all the way at the back. Like I could flip the car around, but just the trailer is designed, it has a fairly heavy tongue weight just by nature, by where the axles are placed plus, in it. Plus tools. Right. Plus tools and I'll end Scooty. So yeah. I've got a lot of tongue weight and it's, I guess I could solve that problem or I could go a little over on the tongue weight. Okay. How am I doing on cargo capacity? It was a little tight, but even then I said, all right, let's let you look at the Escalade. The Escalade had the thousand pound tongue weight capacity. Okay, great. We're clear there. Um, but the cargo capacity is like 1500 pounds. So basically by the time Chrissy and I are in it with our stuff and the tongue weight, we're basically there. And that's it. And that's with the weight distributing hitch. And so I know I'm at about at that capacity, but I felt comfortable enough doing it with this truck because long wheelbase for stability, big enough brakes, giant engine that, I mean, eight speeds, which is great. I mean, that that it's the really wonderful. Liter, right? This is a 6.2. Two. Six two. So this has, okay. this has a hundred horsepower and a hundred more torque than the old six liter in the Yukon and twice the gears. So in the end, it does a fine job towing. It's not quite as stable as the old one. It is definitely not as stable, but it tows up any hill you want. It doesn't care. And um, it is quiet. It is comfortable yeah. and quiet doing it with the ventilated seats. Um, it is a lovely thing to drive when you're not towing. Really, it's, it's I do not mind it it's, one bit. It's wonderful. On really a daily driving. And my fuel economy has um, almost doubled between the two which is kind of striking. The, the Yukon would get 13 completely empty, all highway, 11 on daily driving, and about eight towing the trailer. The Escalade gets 22 reliably repeatedly empty on the highway, which is amazing for a 420 horsepower, 7,000 pound brick. Um, it gets 18 in my regular commute and towing it gets 12 to 13. So huge difference and in it's how it worked out. So much nicer on the interior. Like that thing is yeah. just it's beautiful. It's be it really yeah. is. It's wonderful. Like well, that's why I, I got it instead of the Chevy one. Well, first off, you can only get the big engine in the Chevy and the or sorry, the, the Cadillac and the Denali. And of the two, they're the same price. The interior and the Cadillac was so much nicer. It's like, why wouldn't I buy that one? Yeah, Even yeah. though it's it, blingy it's, looking. I, I am just jealous of that. Just, just soft butters. They're, it's beautiful. It yeah. really is.
So that's how we used all these things we're talking about to come up with the right choice for here. Yes, I would rather have daily driven the Range Rover. You know, yes, a F-350 diesel would be a better tow vehicle, but for all of our uses, this was the right compromise for us. Jeff, let's hear your story. Uh, so I already mentioned that the Avalanche I was in was going to kill me. It was an Avalanche 2500 with the 8.4 liter Vortex. Big block. Big block. It got no gas. I think the gas mileage was started with a decimal point before it had a number. I think it was like 0.7. I don't know. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> and it was terrible to drive. It had a it had a tow rating of like twelve seven fifty, and I loved the bed and I loved the mid gate and I just I really loved the design of the of the Avalanche, but it was just way too much truck. And I already mentioned that I'm probably like seventy five hundred eight on my on my tow, and I really wanted something that was a little smaller and a little better and a little more modern and not so rusty. And what I really wanted was a Tundra. The the Tundras are great tow vehicles. Oh, and I wanted a pickup. I love a pickup bed. Um, I do use it very frequently to pick things up. Uh, you know, Boy Scout trips, all of those things. A bed just makes more sense to me than an SUV for my lifestyle. And um, yeah, so I was really looking at the Tundras and they were so much money. Toyota Tundras were just out of hand. And actually, Chris said, have you checked out the Titan? And I I took Chris's advice and I checked it out. And they are like a little smaller um, than, than the Avalanche and things, but it's just a much nicer interior. I did get an all-leather interior, which I wanted because it's easy to clean. Um, I How many wanted... times have you cleaned it? Oh, a lot. I keep it pretty clean. Yeah, well, trust me. When you put like 12 Boy Scouts in that thing, true. they are going to spill some shit. Right. Mr. Say, Mr. How... Wakeman, I'm not feeling so right. I had to throw it back. happened, Jaden. <laughs> and I, I'm Thanks, pretty sure I've cleaned it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the other half of the times that you've cleaned it out. Yeah. Whenever you so, show up, I clean it. Yeah, so it is a 2012 uh, Nissan Titan. It is white. It is the 4X off-road package with the big toe. Uh, and it is, it's it's a great truck. I love it. It's a 4.6. I already mentioned it has 9,300 tow capacity. And it had all the options. And it was owned so by... 5.6, Jeff, I'm pretty 5. sure. 5.6. What did I say? 4.6. Oh, sorry. Five points. It's not a Mustang. He's got, he's got 4.8 right. on the brain. Yeah. It's not a Mustang. Uh, uh, yeah. 5.6. Thank you. So it's basically an Armada Titan. They're the same chassis and everything or similar, at least enough. Um, so yeah, I love it. A, a nice lesbian couple owned it before me. They never trailered anything in it. There was no scratches in the bed. It has like a thousand dollar, like fiberglass paint matched cover on it, which I don't like, but it's too nice to get rid of. So I just curse at it every time I use it. <laughs> and yeah, it's been fantastic. It probably needs a wheel bearing. Um, and the weakest part of the truck is uh, because the big tow package comes with a, a gear set, a, a, a differential gear set that is uh, high uh, numerically that 
you know, it 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 doesn't get great gas mileage driving around, and I, it's, it hey, it accelerates pretty nice, um, but it doesn't get great gas mileage and can overheat the rear differential. So rear differential, um, some models had some cooling fins on the diff, and then you put in really good fluid and you make sure you change the fluid because the rear diff is the weak point and plastic lines the transmission cooler has plastic lines and or excuse me goes into the plastic tanks of the uh, radiator so you put a transmission cooler you take it out of the radiator and you put good fluid and you change the fluid in the differential and it's pretty bulletproof and i like it so there it is all right so what we're saying is do your research ask questions, talk to your friends. There is a 90% chance given the uh, vast demographics of this show that your tow vehicle is going to outlast your race car. Probably more than one of them. Uh, we've got a lot of considerations. Don't be afraid to tell us what you tow with, why you chose it. Do you like it? Do you hate it? Do you want to get rid of it? Let us know. Maybe somebody else is looking for what you're trying to sell. There you go. Chris passed the Yukon off to an, a team. Give him a shout out, Chris. Yeah, um, CISO Racing's got oh, it yeah. now. They're doing a great they job sent us, with it. Uh, they sent us a, a social media message, yeah. showed it parked next to the same generation Escalade. It's great. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's getting it's, lots of love. It is. It's still nice. towing Civic Civic hatchbacks to racetracks. They're doing it. <laughs> they're totally giving it love. And and you know, I think he's primarily using it as a tow vehicle. Like I said earlier, it is fantastic. If it's it, as a as a tool, it is absolutely wonderful. It's when I had to daily drive it that I said I. I'm going to do a little better because I want to, not because I have to, because I want to. And all they had to do was change the radio station from NPR to the classic hip hop station. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Rick Ross. <laughs> Rick Ross. Yeah. Rick Ross is their, uh, is their, their theme currently. That's uh, great. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, is there anything else we want to say about tow vehicles before we move on to our final segment? If you have don't, questions, really just don't, don't, don't be like young mental. Seriously. <laughs> or no. young Jeff. Your, or young I was going to say, yeah. no, I was going to say young Jeff. Well, I mean, we could uh, talk I about the it everywhere Rover. with it, with an XJ Cherokee that I oh, true, beefed up the leaf packs by making my own leaf packs. Oh, that's that great. And, I, yeah. I was going to interrupt Jeff's story and to talk about Jeff's previous trucks that he bought before he got the avalanche, <laughs> yeah. the one the one that you could, I couldn't get out the door. I drove the truck Let's and see, I, the I, Yukon because you broke I the window. To, I, I had to get out the window, I think. And then I dumped because the my, door lock was broken. I dumped yes. five gallons of gas in the back of one yes. of them. Yes. Um, so you've had some really trashy the $75 Chevy. That was a good yeah, one. Yeah, you had some really Chevy bad ones. So I, I never just, towed anything with that because no, I just, but I was talking I got about rid of it for fear of my life before uh -huh. I actually had to put it in. The I was truck. just thinking about laughing to myself about some of your other trucks. So, Yukon yeah. was fine until the transmission was just so not as fine. yeah. So as we often say, learn from us. Don't skip on safety gear and don't skimp on your tow vehicle. Yeah. Yep. But if you have any All ideas, right. have any things that you think we forgot, let us know. That'd be interesting to hear if we are not thinking about something or if you have a truck that you love and think of towed really great. Tell us. Yeah. Okay. Just the Thank you. I was going to say yell because I'm doing just a tip. I don't want to yell just a tip and then do okay. just a tip. 
Uh, Prepare to be disappointed. Yes. Oh, I have a story for you all. You ready for a story? We're ready. Gather around, children. So gather around, children. I had to go. I I mentioned earlier that I didn't go to campus. Uh, I went to one of the other campuses because I had a half day retreat with all of my coworkers. And it's in this town called Hamilton, New Jersey, which is well known for its Mexican and Italian communities. Some of the greatest restaurants and the greatest food is in this town. And uh, we, because they didn't plan right, it was a half day instead of a full day. And I had nothing on my calendar. So I said, I'm going to go home and I'm going to get my booster, my COVID booster before all these kids show up and start coughing on me. But as my way out, I decided I'm going to stop at the Italian market and get myself some fantastic food and load up the refrigerator with some handmade yonki and some other things. Um, and I was excited and I was talking to Jen on the phone and I was like all the, and I was, I was in the parking lot and I jumped out to go shop and I shopped for everything and I came back outside and the Veloster was not where I parked it. Oh, no. Oh no. The look of fear on my coworkers' faces. I did I left it in neutral and I did not set the parking brake and it rolled 25 feet. (laughs) (laughs) It New Jersey, thank God, is flat. It hit nothing. It was literally blocking the parking lot, a busy parking lot, (laughs) and people just kept driving around it. Who's this jerk off who put his little blue car in the middle of the goddamn parking lot? Oh. And I got there. I was so embarrassed. I was like, everybody was looking at me as I got in. I was like, guess I, I forgot to set the brake. And I jumped in and I turned it on. I drove the hell out and I thanked my lucky gosh darn stars that I didn't hit a parked car or a guardrail or roll or roll into traffic or roll into. You couldn't because there was kind of guardrails everywhere. Still, Um, still. and what if it picked up speed and went like it was in another? Oh my god! It like literally (laughs) just rolled out of the parking spot right into the to the to the pathway. Set your parking brake, people. Leave it in Who gear, whichever your method is. Do Leave one of those both. or both. both. I both. always did both. Both. Yes. Both. And, and here's the thing. You all know I drove a DSM. You couldn't leave it in gear or else it shifted like shit and destroyed the fragile transmission. So I've gotten in the habit of leaving it in neutral and putting the parking brake on. Apparently and I'm not. going to Apparently, retrain I, myself. I'm holding my hand up because I know your Miata rolled into my car because you didn't put it in gear my miata yes yeah. it did the brown we were, one yes yeah. car in, in i was master i we were in bed with the windows open and all i hear is crunch and i was like oh my god did that hit my car yes it did because you didn't put it in gear it was because it was the, parked on the uphill side of our driveway i think you you put the gear put it the e-brake on but the e-brake didn't always work so you didn't put i unfortunately it was the, it was part i think it hit the mazda um it, did, it didn't yeah. didn't make a it didn't make a dent but i was still pissed at you that your freaking car rolled I into my car this. i do because you're <laughs> ridiculous so right, I am now, a mess. right now antless matt is in flooded california shouting at his radio going i did put the first dent in the car jeff did and i got scared and we got yelled at for it no i didn't t-boned on and or he got 
pushed it in JMP. He was so scared of Chrissy because he didn't want to be the first guy to wreck the Mazda 3. And it was Jeff the whole well, time. I, I am retraining times. myself because I no longer drive a DSM to both leave in gear and set the brake. You haven't driven a DSM since I've known you. I know, but when you teach yourself, that's what you do. You met me with the DSM, didn't you? No, you had already gotten rid of it. No, because you, you met me in Fairlawn. I didn't get rid of the DSM until. Oh, you I had still the had the DSM. Yeah, well, I just, never, you never it wasn't running by then. Yeah. <laughs> I think you'd that already moved have... through the Audi too, then by then. Yeah. Oh, oh good Lord. So there yeah. it is. Everyone out there. This Belt is awful. and suspenders, leave it in gear, put on the brake. None of you drive Stickdale anyway. I'm the only asshole still doing it. Oh, Mental does. That's right. He got the Miata. I forgot about the Miata. We're also just smarter to not do that. I do in the summer. Do both? You no, you don't do both? Oh, what? No, no, no. And I daily drive, drive some a of the stick. stick in the summer. You and you also put it in gear and or put the e-brake on every time in the garage. What gear, even. What's your prefer? What's your preference? What gear? First. 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 Mental yeah. first. Now, I, unless I'm downhill, I will go reverse. That's what yes, I it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Always first. It will always be first for me. That's the way it was. So I'm going to retrain myself. Apparently you don't there's do it the well, just so the there's the tip. That. Don't let your car roll into other people's cars. Holy crap. Holy shit balls. There it is. Wow. All right. Okay. Do we have, is that, the, is that a show? I think that's the show. Yeah, it is. A show and a half. Do we have any idea what we're doing next week? No, but. In anticipation of our newest year, 2023, we have already reached out to our good friend, Kathy McCaws Fuss from Lucky Dog, and she has given us two contacts of guests that she would like to have come on the show. That's going to happen. Our man, Mark from uh, Racing Junk, has got some guests that they're going to send our way. We've got Andy Didoroski is going to be on the show from the Detroit Bus Company, Detroit nice. Student Racing Team. Rally Master Jeff is going to come on and talk about the rallies, and Alan Galbraith, from the Lemons Concourse is going to come on the show. All these people have already agreed to it. It's too late. You said yes, so we're holding you to it. We're looking forward to having all those folks on there. And if you're interested in coming on the show, get a hold of us because I'm about to have to take some time off from my lovely co-hosts. So a cover letter resume with your broadcast experience. <laughs> I think that's more us. guests than we've ever had in like three, four months. So we're, <laughs> yeah. we're a little filled up on guests right now. Yes. But anyway, that sounds great. If you have any questions for all the people that Mental just mentioned, throw it into our social media. Hit us up with an email address. And as always, thank you for downloading us. We hope you enjoyed this week's edition of Everyone Racers. We also hope you'll join us in the world of driving, racing, and building because everyone can be a racer even you if you enjoyed this podcast subscribe or if you're watching us on youtube hit us down there in the doodly doo with a little commenty thing because that helps the algorithm and then other people watch it caress uh, that like and subscribe like button. and subscribe hit the thumb caress it touch it push it <laughs> uh, if you have any questions or show ideas drop a comment on our facebook page everyone racers email us everyone.racers at gmail.com you can still text us 484-243-0455 that is mental send pictures of your junk instagram or twitter everyone.racers youtube facebook everyone racers reddit slash e1r with all of those great pictures from mental he's the only one i, I will try and post things on the, the thing on the um, slash E1R. On Thanks again. Thing. And until next week, keep the shiny side up. Unless your car is just rolling around, then keep those wheels locked.
out of traffic. Uh, 